Hello everyone and welcome to Floors. My name is Liam McGinnis and I am joined in the studio as usual by Grant Parkin. Hello there. Uh, unfortunately, George can't be with us today, but instead we have a special guest, Paul Travers. Hello there. Uh, being our special guest, Paul has nominated the album that we're going to be covering today on Flawless and deconstructing and trying to figure out why it is that we think it's flawless or not flawless. So, Paul, did you want to let us know what album you've selected? Uh, I've, today I've selected Cake's Fashion Nugget. Fantastic. And what did you want to tell us about Fashion Nugget? Um, well, I think this album's very... It's it's hard to break down nostalgia, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so linked to it growing up that um, it's, it's, it's one I, I... I've listened to, what, 20 years now? Yeah. And it's almost hard to differentiate, like... Uh, being being critical of it, so I thought it might be a great idea to talk about it and see if I'm right yeah. in in my memory of it being flawless. I mean, yeah. it was like uh, I was 17, I think, or thereabouts. Yep. And um, yeah, it's been with me ever since then, I suppose. Yeah. So um, uh, Paul and I grew up together, knew each other in high school, and this is probably for me definitely this is one of the first albums that I started listening to and. I've talked before in like the 96, 97 when I first started forming my actual musical taste. And this was definitely one of the first albums that I listened to. And I know that, yeah, Paul listened to it the same way as well. Yeah. Well, we we bonded over it. We did. And it (laughs) formed a key part of something that we'll probably talk about in a little bit of us growing up as well. So, uh, Grant, had you heard this album before? Not in its entirety. I'd heard songs from it, I suppose, specifically The Distance. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, and I, I had heard I will survive, but not not to the extent that probably it, it warranting the hit that it was. Yeah, I suppose it would appear to be. It, that could have been a South African thing as well. You know, released '96, so that was my my last year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've obviously heard of Cake, Long Skirt, Short Jacket. Um, was the one that short that skirt, long jacket, short, <laughs> both one of those, yeah. either or, you know, <laughs> yeah. both of them long interchangeable. Jacket. Yes, yeah. the long jacket. Yeah, long uh, skirt and a short jacket would be just, <laughs> that'd be a little weird. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah exactly. Yeah, and um, however, um, yeah, I, I've heard a, I'd heard a cake, heard that song specifically, but not in the distance, but not so much. I will survive. Um, there you go. Hmm. Cool. Um, so. It was released on September 17th, 1996. It was produced by the band themselves and it was released on Capricorn Records. It was their second album. So they released mm-hmm. their first one, then this one, and then another one on Capricorn Records before doing two with Columbia. And I think in terms of style, it's a really hard album to pin down. Like it's the really easy sort of reference point is like it's indie rock. There's a bit of alt country and regular country and stuff it in is. there. Sure. Um, 
the Wikipedia entry listed as post-punk. <laughs> right. Which I thought was really weird until I looked up what Wiki says post-punk is, and it's basically like everything that came after <laughs> punk. Like anything that was actually after punk was considered post-punk, so I'm not sure how useful that is as a style. But I also think um, some of the songs get quite almost jazzy, mm-hmm. yeah, and sure. it's not... It's not just about the brass. Like, the brass helps. Like, the trumpet in the, all yes. these songs is amazing. But also, a couple of songs just feel really almost improvisational. Like, the parts... I think one of the things about jazz is all the different parts are working by themselves and then sort of come together to form, like, a really good whole. And I think there's quite a few songs in this album that, that do that. So mm-hmm. that all the elements are... It's not just one melody and one rhythm. They're all doing their own thing, but sort of, yeah, merge together quite well. Are they still together? They are still together. So their last album came out in 2011. Uh, they set an actual. They set a record at the time. It was the. <laughs> it was the lowest. It was the. It was their number one. It was their only number one album. It also set the record for the lowest number of sales required to get to the number one. Spot wow. At that, the time, it didn't matter. I was still happy. It didn't like, matter. That sure, was so number great. one. <laughs> and I actually, um, I'd interviewed. I did an interview with the band a little bit after that. And did that's, you? That's where so they. That's where I them. found out. I interviewed the, um, Vincent, who's the trumpet player, and John McRae, the lead singer. Oh yeah. And, cool. Um, yeah, and he's that's why he told me that it was the lowest number one. And he, but he said he didn't care. We had a number one album. Yeah. We didn't care. We sold more albums that week than Taylor Swift, which was like <laughs> great it. for us. So, yeah, awesome. wasn't it only for like a week though? As well? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it would only be <laughs> a week then Taylor Swift. And that record has since been beaten. And that who that beat was, it? Do you know who beat that record? Um, when I googled lowest albums to get number one, yeah. like a dozen artists all showed up. So uh-huh. I think like they set a, a point, and then someone got lower than them, so that set a point. I think so, that's that's what's happening, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So um, two of the ones that I saw that were definitely there were Drake. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one of his albums, but one of his sure. albums. And then um, Rihanna, one of her oh. albums. Riri. Riri. Yes. So, yeah. so I'm getting the feeling not, it's easy to get to number one, but that doesn't matter. It was number one. It was number one, yeah. yeah. And also that was by SoundScan announced that. Yeah. And then the the Drake one, which was like, oh, it's the lowest record sales in 20 years to get to number one, was done by Nielsen. So then I wasn't sure whether Nielsen, like sure. album sales are calculated by Nielsen or SoundScan or both, and I just or lost Neil. interest. Yeah, just some um, guy named Neil. That album was Motorcade of Generosity? Uh, Showroom of Compassion. Showroom of Compassion, sorry. Motorcade of Generosity was the first one. The first one, yeah. yeah. That Now, that was seven years. That was 2011, yeah. But wasn't it seven years after their last album or something? Yes, it was. So like Pressure Chief came out in 2004 yeah. as well. So I'd gotten used to, when they first came out, it was like... Why? Okay, so it was ninety six the first album. No, ninety four. was the first. What, one. Sorry, was the first album I listened to. Ninety eight was Fashion Nugget. Yeah, and then going back, found Motorcade, and then only had to wait another two years. Ninety eight. Yeah. And so it was a good like two there years. Go. And then sure. two thousand thing, and then it started getting longer and longer between the albums. Four, so it was three year and, um, and then now I'm still waiting for the next one. Well, there's a bit of good news because they have a Here new album go. out coming out, allegedly. I, I found it in one news article that said they had a new single and a new album coming out. Don't tease me. It's allegedly coming this year. It's not, the first single, they were like, it's coming. It's out already, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I, I don't know okay. whether... There was only one piece that I could find that actually said it. But So whether or not it'll happen this year. Well, I'm going to be... Yeah, I'm going to look for it every day. Yes. So, because I spoke to John around the time 2000 the showroom of compassion came out yes and he basically said this will probably be our last album so they bought they built a studio they did that thing that bands do whether you build your own studio sure they built that did it all themselves recorded it put it out and it didn't like it sold it got to number one <laughs> but it didn't make enough money to justify its existence like they like they can tour uh, yeah they can tour and just play the old songs and people will still come and see them play yeah. so the yeah 
I don't know if I caught him on a down moment or if he's always just been really like he's really <laughs> real real pessimist guy. Yeah, but he was just like, this is probably it for us. We can't. I don't. I don't think it was just like we can't go through that again and do that to ourselves again for a thing that doesn't have any meaning. Like it's it wasn't it wasn't just that it didn't sell didn't sell, but it's like in the modern music industry, albums. Are, and that was seven years ago before Spotify and sure. the co did all their stuff as well and got really big. So. I was surprised to find out. Like, they're still touring. We saw them a couple of years ago. I get that feeling, too, from a lot of older bands that touring is probably where they're getting... Yeah. The revenue now. The revenue yeah. now. Yeah. It's and a so shame. How come you were afforded to interview? Yes. Both of them. Um, so, I used to work for a music website, Faster Louder, and I would do interviews with bands through that. And the people who ran the website knew which bands that I liked. So, when a band came up that they knew I liked, they'd be like, hey, hey Liam. Liam, did you want to do this interview <laughs> nice. for us? So That's really cool. Yeah, it was really good. And okay. yeah, I got to interview a lot of really cool people and have lots um, of really nice conversations. I think I've read somewhere, and it seems right. Like, he wrote a lot of songs in his bedroom probably before mm. he started. So, I know, like, there's songs on, oh, I'll get this right, Showroom of Compassion, which was the last one, that he'd written, like, early on. Like, he's, so they, he's always probably had a pool of stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I guess Fashion Nugget is from the get-go. I, okay, what was the first single? Was it The Distance? Yes. Yeah. So Wiki says it was, yeah, Wiki says I Will Survive was released in 1996. I'm doing quote marks. It doesn't say a month yes, or a day. Yes, it doesn't. I saw that, yeah. And then The, the Distance was released on October 15th, 1996. Now, I'm sure because at that stage we were like, all right, we're all in on this band. We're buying singles. We've got, I've got a story about that as well. And then, <laughs> so I'm sure I Will Survive came out after it, yeah, The Distance. Uh, it did, yeah. But I just don't remember. I just don't know when. So when, say, was that October? What was the date again of that? October 15th, 1996. Wow. I remember um, listening to the Triple J, um, I'm not, not sure if it was feature album of the week, mm. but I think I had this weird, if an album was worth getting, I had to know it, like at least like 30% of the songs on it yeah. to constitute like yeah. buying it. The investment. Yes. But I even, even then, I think I don't, I don't think I had any money. I didn't earn any money. So I guess it was more, that's the album I want. So it was on a list and I, I think I got it for my birthday, uh, April 97, maybe. So have we finished high school by then? Yes, which, which is, I think, because... So I, the thing I always remember about this album is that was back before the internet was a thing. So mm -hmm. obviously yes. now, if this album came out, we'd be like, wow, Fashion Nugget, that sounds really good. Straight to the internet. Oh, they've got an earlier album. Yes. Great. Done. Easy. Easy. Back then, there was no way to find out no, that, they, just, that they had another album at all. Um, I think it was like I wandered in and suddenly... It must have been the sales of that album were good and so yeah. this older one appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. So I remember because you were living up in Rockhampton yes, and a, one of the singles came out and we bought it and it had a B-side, which was Mr. Macedon Farm. And we were like, man, Paul is going to lose his shit at this whole new song that no one knows about. And then we played it to him when he came down. And he's like, yeah, that's on the first album. I've got that already. <laughs> and we're like, what first album? And that's where we found out that because there was literally no way to find out they so had a I, first album. Did I like, here you go, fellas? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> And I think that's when we all went, oh, there's a first album and we all went and got it. So, and that is a great first album too. Yeah. That, that was when we were talking about what albums you were going to nominate and we were going to do a Cake album. I was wondering whether you were going to do this one or the first one. <laughs> it, was, it was hard. I think, I think this one, because it sets off my musical kind of um, like love. It's, it's, part, it's all, most of the al albums I'd say from 96 and 97 kind of mm. begin. So, so how, how? Talk to me. How? How did you um, find out about Cake Fashion Nugget? Right, I'll be honest, the distance didn't blow me away. 
Okay. But Please. it blew all my friends away. Yeah. Sure. But it, I think it was I Will Survive, that single. At first I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong. I grew strong. I learned how to get along and so you're back from outer space. I just walked in to find you here without that look upon your face. I should have changed my fucking lock. I would have made you leave your key if I'd have known for just one second. You'd be back to bother me. Oh, now go walk out the door. Just turn around. I was loving the dripping I, sarcasm. Uh, yeah, and I think I I didn't like Palpable. cover songs, at, okay, at, at the time. But yep. then I thought, oh, this is great because it's clearly this band doing their interpretation of Glory, this song Glory through Glory their Glory. style. Yes, and it was like very obvious. And then I got obsessed with the trumpet, um, and then that's all they are is like the, the trumpet sound. And um, that Greg Brown guitar is pretty awesome in, mm. that, in that particular the solo mm-hmm. in um, mm-hmm. I Will Survive. So I was like, but it wasn't enough. I had to hear more songs. And I think Triple J, they had Frank Sinatra as well. And that was... Um, That's your I was 30% sold after trillion. that. Sorry? That's your 30%. Is yeah, you I was saying. sold after, yeah. after that. Maybe not the distance, but you... <laughs> yeah. I think that probably the distance over time is... Like, it's come back around for me. Like, I loved it at the time. And then it got so... It was just everywhere. And I it's been used on everything. And I think also... A lot of the time, it's it's supposed to be ironic. It's supposed to be making fun of the person who's going the yep. distance and going too hard and sure. that sort of thing. But then, most like you just hear it, and it's like fist pumping. Yeah, he's going. Yeah, like it's <laughs> a big sporting thing. Like he's going hard. He's doing what he wants. He's getting what he wants. And then, so it got played everywhere, and I got annoyed with people who were playing <laughs> for the wrong reasons. Sure. And now it's sort of folded back around. And listening to it for this for the podcast, like that's right. This is really good. I love where it is too. Frank Sinatra is a great opener. Yeah. And then mm. to follow it up with uh, the distance on. Yeah. So. We can probably talk about Frank Sinatra. It's, uh, it's definitely one of my favourite Cake songs ever. Mine too. Um, it just starts with that the drumstick clicking, which I just love. And it's one of those things where um, you, st- you you hear the clicking. And there's a couple of other songs that do it. I think The National do it with one of their songs as well, where it starts with a piano melody. Mm. And you don't know what the tempo is, of the song is going to be until something else comes Kicks in. Like in, at yeah. the moment, at the, the clicking, it's literally just... The click, 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 and you can't tell what the tempo is until the rest of the drums and the organ start kicking. It's like, ah, there's the tempo. You sort of weave it through. And then I was watching it. Um, I was watching some videos of them playing it live, and I think they just sample the drumstick clicking. I don't think he can. <laughs> I don't think he can do the clicking and okay. the rest of the, the yes. drum work as well. So I think they. It starts with um, Don McRae just playing the guitar. Doom, 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 doom. Yes. And then the rest of the stuff kicks in. So they sort of taken out the clicking as an intro bit, but they just sort of sample it and put it at the end there. So that's a bit of a pity. <laughs> so yeah, so it opens with the drumstick click. And it, this is one of the ones where it's like quite jazzy because it's the the clicks and then the organ and then his voice, but quite produced. Like it's it's sort of fuzzed up with his voice mm-hmm. at the start. To start it is. For and sure. then the guitar riff, like a little guitar riff and then the horn and then the bass and the, his proper voice. And it's like all these little elements that get come in one at a time. 
and then they're not all playing the same melody or necessarily right on the same tempo. They're all doing their own thing, but it also just works really well. I love his voice. I, I, I... Radiation that hearts dismembered constellations a faintly glimmering radio station. I don't know. I like the the way he delivers, and it's like it's not a great. I wouldn't say it's a phenomenal singing voice. No. But what no, he does, sure. I, I'm really taken with it. And I don't know if, if it's like just a um, uh, just hearing it again. It's, it's, it's Especially on Frank Sinatra because it's all like rock roll mm. at, the, at the beginning and then it, it, it hits in. And I mean, it's just a plain, almost spoken word kind of voice. Yeah. But I've always, I've always loved it. So it's one of those. Yeah. It's like sometimes you you hear like gives you hope for people who can't sing. Like you, you hear it, you go, <laughs> oh yes, oh yeah. I, I could be a singer. Yes. Because you don't have to be a great singer. You just got to find your line and hold that and line. Hold it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be on this line for for six albums, seven albums, and this, this is my line. I'm and not going to do anything else. And like that works. You can well, you can I, make something out of that. Yeah, I got obsessed with the album. and would give it. Hey, happy birthday! Here's a cake fashion nugget, <laughs> and my brothers and and that I'd like. My sister didn't take to it, but my other my two brothers loved yeah. it. So we kind of all sing sang it together. And because of that, yeah, it's not you that hard. Yeah, we oh we were oh, we were amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, sure, never in doubt. So it's quite a sort of a rustic and old fashioned, and then very grim and foreboding song as well. And you sort of. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes these songs, like I have a little picture in my mind about mm-hmm. what it would look like as a song. And then they made the film clip and it was exactly what oh, cool. you were thinking really? of. Like it's all rustic and it's foreboding. It's like this old dilapidated old house and there's dark shadows everywhere and the band members are in rooms individually playing their own parts. Like that yeah. thing where they're, they're never all together. They're always in their own thing. And his muffled vocals at the start, you see two versions of him talking on a tin can That's with right. a wire. I do remember that. Like oh, okay. the, the old wire, you know, oh, rope seen on a tin can. But like, you know, the, the two tin cans. Yes. Yeah, he's doing that to himself. So that's why it sounds all muffled with the vocals and okay. everything. Yeah, so it's like exactly like, I was like, cool, that's, I, I had it right then. <laughs> and of course, we also get our first uh, Arno's and uh, McRae screaming, like very clear, taking three steps back from Mike and then screaming at it, which will become a running theme. Not just through this album, but through his entire career. Yeah, and uh, this one. This yeah, one, this yeah. one. Grant, did you have any particular songs on the album that you liked? Yes. Well, look, I've got my song list here that I've um, not quite as, as committed as, yeah. as tarping, <laughs> I mind you, for the for the <laughs> listeners out there. Um, I've got a couple of double ticks, which mm-hmm. is not something you get easily from me, I can tell right. you right now. What, what's um, one of the ones that got a double um, tick? Friend is a four-letter word. Yes. Nice. I've, got a, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the I only hear... End. I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> wow, I like that. Yeah, oh, uh, that one really um, w- was. And it's awesome. got a really good um, like the guitar and trumpet solo. That's the same thing. Another one of those ones where it's like two pieces that are not on the same beat and they're not playing the same melody, but yep. they're just working and weaving together so well. Mm. So, 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 really enjoyed that one. Um, and the other two that I thought were really cool, outside of you know, the ones that we're aware of, I suppose, is it's coming down mm-hmm. and Nugget. I thought nice. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed Nugget. I thought um, it's nice to hear a bit of um, a bit of swearing. Yeah. I, I won't repeat the lyrics for. Um, I'm sure the fans out there will all um, <laughs> know them pretty well. But I thought these are I've I've written them down here, mm. um, and they, they uh, it resonated with me. I thought those are too too cool. And back to back, it's coming down in Nugget going. Mm. You know, one after another, I thought were, were really nice. For, for mine, as a relatively new listener to, to Cake, and certainly for the whole album, I hadn't heard before. Yeah. So Nugget's the one, the first time, I think it's the first time in the album that he uses the vibraphone. So the thing that he... Yeah. 
you smack like it's a piece of wire and a block of wood and you smack it okay and it yeah bangs against the wood a lot yeah they play it when yeah he uses that live when constantly. he's live it's like every song oh, really? has every, every song, song has, has, yeah. he if likes he's not, it if he's he not playing it. guitar he's yeah just throwing <laughs> that in there at any, any okay. place that he can which is really cool and then it's also well like a lot of their songs are quite they'll be quite straightforward like they play bluesy and romantic numbers and love songs and love lost songs and all that sort of stuff but this is one of the ones where it's like it's not really quite clear what this song is actually about <laughs> it might be about a bit of sort of consumerism and politicians and that sort of stuff but it's yeah apart from the that chorus line he sort of hides a bit what the song is yeah actually about and forgive me actually sad songs and waltzes at the end i really like that one yeah. as well mm. in that they're not selling this year yeah hey, yeah this is a so it's cool huh? it's a willie nelson song isn't it yes it's really so that was one of, so there's three covers on the album which yep. i yeah found out and sometimes i think a couple of ones in the middle are a bit sort of covery as well, but they're not. They're just him, <laughs> like, just aping them. Just a, I think a, aping the song style that he really loves from those ones. Sure. So, I Will Survive. Yes. Um, perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps. Yes. Which is actually originally... Doris uh, Day, isn't it? Or, or it's from a movie. Uh, no. So, no? it's originally... It's Quizars, Quizars, Quizars. Ah. So, it's Spanish. It's originally a Spanish oh. song uh, by Cuban songwriter Osvaldo Fares. So he wrote the music in the original Spanish lyrics, and then Bobby Capo released it in 1947, and then Joe Davis wow. wrote a version, and it was released by Desianas in 1948. Doris Day did sing a version of it, I'm sure, though. I'm sure. Well, it was 1948, so I'm <laughs> sure like, everyone sung it. Yeah, but it so, would be a couple of times. Sure. Yeah, if you have a listen to like he, the Desianas version is very clearly in a lounge, him in front of the orchestra, yeah. and he's not singing on the same beat that the orchestra is. He's happy to just like they're playing the music, and I'm just going to let the lyrics come out when I'm ready for it, and it doesn't like it doesn't line up properly. So, but yeah, so that's one of the other covers. And then, yeah, Sad Songs and Waltzes was from 1973. And Shot, I think... Shotgun Willie. I think that was another thing that made me okay with covers was because yeah. this album had three of them. So yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, covers sure. are cool. And that's okay. I'm less, I was very critical of a certain kind of artist would come out with a single and I'd go, a cover? I mean, can't you just come up with something original? <laughs> sure. But now um, I've let go of a lot of things. Yeah, uh, yeah. done. Three, awesome. three covers on one album is quite a lot. It's, it's yeah. Like, it's, like normally you'd expect... Maybe one cover on an album, exactly, and then like yeah. you've got probably "I Will Survive" would have been that one. Um, quick fact about that: I've got it written down here. Da, 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 da. No, I don't. Ah, oh, yes, "I Will Survive." Uh, Gloria Gaynor's least favorite version of Cakes is her least favorite version of the of the song. It kind of makes me love it more because she doesn't like the swear. <laughs> okay, well, so, and that's where, fine. so where he goes, I should have changed my fucking lock. She's like, "Oh no." No. But it's it's interesting. Like hers is a her version, the version is a uplifting song. It's like yes. I don't, I don't, I don't need you. I'm here. I'm, this is a disco song. I'm gonna have fun. I don't like some good stuff's gonna happen. But his the cake version is really sad. Like it's like I it's, love it. It's, it's, I love it, but it's yeah. not it's not the uplifting fist pumping no. version. It's no. it's. I'm down. It's I'm down dour. now, but I know I'll get through it. But let me sit in my downness yes. for now. Correct. Whereas hers is like, I'm through the downness. I'm over you. I'm, yeah. I'm past you, and I'm I'm going. Yeah. Which is why the course language makes sense in his version, in their version. But yes, it's sure. there was like a giant list of, and she was asked in an interview what was her favorite and her least favorite Cover. versions of it. And yeah, they said <laughs> who else has covered it. I don't have that. I didn't write that down, unfortunately. But there was like at least like twenty people. I know Robbie on Williams sampled it. Did right. He really? <laughs> okay. Have you seen Cake Live? Yes, I have. And it was um, everything you'd hoped for and more. Well, well yeah. I, now I think it was nineteen ninety seven. October fourth, there was a Livid Festival. Uh, look, the, I like the dates. Yeah. Sure. Here in Brisbane, where? Um, RNA Showgrounds. Oh. 
And um, my first, like, any experience with any music. Finished school by then? Uh, yes. Yeah, and I had um, been unemployed for a bit and then I got some work up north in uh, Rockhampton. In Rocky, yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it really helped not having, I don't know, a lot of things to do up there. No offence. Um, sure. So, I mean, I got a job for the first time and I was just buying CDs. Um, to okay. Like, oh, I always loved that album. I always loved that album. And um, so I just started. A bit of brass in pocket. Yeah. So I just say. started listening, you know, listening to whole albums. So I kind of yes. got obsessed with that. And I mean, I, I'd, been get, I'd been given the Fashion Nugget before that. Mm-hmm. So it was already high rotation. Of course. And then almost everyone I was listening to was going to be at Livid. So I came down to Brisbane and uh, me and a couple of friends went and... Um, so, so just for for the person who wasn't here in, in the, the the late nineties, yes, livid is it? Yes. So it was livid before the big day out, or that no, they it was kind in, of at, at the, the same, same time. time? Yeah, yeah, but it was a Brisbane only thing at first. Okay. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't um, exist anymore, does it? Does not. So it's a very iconic not. Brisbane festival. Like it's one of the biggest ones. Like it grew up to be one of the biggest ones that was just Brisbane based. Sure. And then so one, didn't tour you. International bands just in here, that's yep. it, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and out. So, oh, so they they make, I assume, because I didn't really pay as much attention to it back then, but sure. I assumed they'd be playing other festivals or they'd do it and then play a tour and some side okay. shows. Yeah, like, like their, okay. their Brisbane venue would be at this festival. At, yeah. yeah, In the RNA showground. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. started out, it used to be a 4ZZZ yes, festival, okay. curated festival, and they used to do it out at Musgrave Park out at West End when I think Triple Z was out there as well. Mm-hmm. And then it got too big. Like, if that was just a public park and it got too big for that, so they moved it to the RNA showgrounds. Wow. And, and where um, did it end around about? Early 2000s or something? Yeah, mid, mid, yeah it would have been mid Because I know, didn't they expand to other Yeah, so they, they, the first Trump, one yeah. year they did go Sydney, uh, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, and yes. then the year after that they were done. That was it? Yeah, so. Do you know why? Was this too much effort or? Um, yeah, I don't know whether it was just they, like Big Day Out was super huge by yes, then, so yeah, they were sure. they were dwarfing a lot of stuff. And then the lineups for Bris- for Libert and Big Day Out were basically the same. Like okay. that was, they were very similarly targeted sort of market. festival. And yeah. so yeah, I think it was just. And I mean, Big Day Out didn't survive much longer after that. No, either, so sure. But yeah, Livid Livid's always the one that Brisbane people want to bring back. Fond memories. Who, okay. Who, who, can, yeah. who can get together and organise? Because <laughs> it got big enough that it was like the White Stripes came out for it, Green Day, Jeez. no yep. doubt. Yep. Green Day, like, no Yeah, no like doubt. Wow. it got really, a, really big. Like yeah. it, it, was, it was big enough to pull those sorts of names. Yeah. But then it just, yeah, they couldn't keep it together. So the, the year I was there was Cake, um, Bloodhound Gang, uh, Ben Folds 5. Wow. Ween. Yeah. Um, Devo came back after 15 years or something. Mm. Nice. I think early Powderfinger and I, oh, I'm, I could be, I think she had like nice. very, very, like very early. Like, yeah. I was like, I love that little dude. He had long hair at the time. Yeah. I was like, that little dude's awesome. <laughs> and he's like running around. And um, my first mosh pit was, mm. was that I can't remember if it was, I could be wrong. I think it was spider bait. I could be so wrong, but you know how there's two stages and one will perform on one side mm. and then everyone goes to the next side for the next show while he's yes. set up there. Yeah. We were like, let's get ready for this. So we were waiting on this side, uh, the empty side, for the next band. And then not knowing what to expect, we just got rushed by, you know, next band starts. Sure. And we just like, I was stuck in the middle of this mosh pit and it was like a sea of Hang arms. On. And I was, yeah, I nearly drowned. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's what a mosh pit is. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't do that liver, but I think I, I definitely did it in probably 98 and 99. I remember there was one day where I did like six Australian, like front and center, middle of the mosh pit for six Australian bands back to back. <laughs> so it was like, and it was just like Jebediah, Custard, awesome. Mavis's, Spider Bait, Living End, 
like just like the the real big six of that period yeah. and they just went back and forth on those two main stages in a row and it's like all right so four hours later you sort of drag yourself out it's like all right now i need to sit down for a little bit so um was it a, like a one day or was it a couple yes, of days it was one, one day. day thing like yeah. it was one so, show only one night yeah like, yeah so wow. it would, yeah it would literally be like one in the afternoon through till 10 at night and just go i feel like go. um nothing ever lived up to that after that uh, that big day. start <laughs> yeah. big start big sure, start yeah sure and um um, the song they opened with I don't remember a lot but the yeah. song they opened with was Italian Leather Sofa In front of me, there was a dude with a bald head, and he had the album painted on his back of his head. Right. That was amazing. And then this dude yells out <laughs> from afar. He goes, oh, start with the end. Awesome. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah, because the Italian, Le- Italian Leather Sofa is the second last song on the yes. album. It's the longest song. Mm-hmm. And it is freaking amazing. I it love it. <laughs> so, it is so good. And it's almost like Sad Songs and Waltzes is a cool song, mm. and I really like their version. But, man, if you'd ended on Italian Leather Sofa, that would just be such a kick-ass song to go out on. Because then it's like the drum beat and the and the trumpet at the end is like bam 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 bam. See, oh, I I know what you're talking about. There's there's things where I love a big finish, but then that like kind of outro to send you off. Like mm. I, I I love the ending of um, yeah. It's that's a hard one. I mean, I love every song on the album, yeah. so I wouldn't take anything. <laughs> the picture is flawless, so you you have to. <laughs> yeah. There's you know? a lot of um, pauses in that song. Yes. And I'd be really cruel at parties, and when the pause would come, I'd run over and hit pause on the. Uh, thing and extend it right make the song last that like, does sound super cool and super annoying yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure sure but well that's done. that's one of the ones where i talked about like that's where it really does feel like jazz because i agree the, the yeah. breakdown in the gap where it's sort of that interplay between the bass and the trumpet and the and the drums that's like the drums really fast but he's hitting it so softly that you can't tell like it's not controlling yeah. the tempo and driving everything up and it feels almost like improvisational and then it um yeah it sort of goes waves up and down it's just yeah a really amazing song And it's back when I think they stopped doing it, but the big kind of let's let's go improvise or let's yeah, let's yeah. kind of musically Quite explore a of, for a yeah. while. I think later albums, I think they were trying to harness the get in get out kind of thing, mm-hmm. like shorter songs. But I still like I can't help but it was amazing live, and it's probably one of the few memories I have. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the open with her. Yeah, that, that is good. an unusual song to open. It with, is. I will say. Do you know what they closed with? Mr. Mastodon Farm. Oh, no. I think I think you told me that. Oh, I must have before. told you that. Yeah. 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 So that's one of the songs off the first album. Okay. And in fact, it's is, a very similar type of... It's it is, the second last song, and it kind of has a big kind of It's outro. a big six-minute epic that goes yeah. on for a really long time, and it's, yeah, it's really cool. Nice. So, yeah, the first album is... 
I probably, I think I prefer, like I say, I'm happy with either of them to be flawless. I think I prefer the first album. I think there's a couple of songs on the second album that don't hold up quite as well. Mm. But um, it's not as accessible. So I, I think Grant and George might not have liked it as much <laughs> if you'd brought it forward because it's really lo-fi. Okay. It's really quiet. It's really They hired sound. a recording studio and yeah. went in and, and would go in and do the whole songs all by themselves. Yeah. So I think it was like... No one sort of told you them, can, you've, got, you've got to get the volume the up. The levels, like yeah, you can tell. It's really, okay. really quiet. It's hard to listen to <laughs> because not so you, good. you need to find some music player that's going to up the volume for you artificially because yes. it's just um, really quiet. Okay, I really love um, She'll Come Back to Me. I don't know why, but I always... I don't know. Somehow I know She'll Come Back to Me and she never she never does. And yeah. he's still there yearning for her. Yeah, so uh, that's one of the, like, the really proper country songs. Yes, with and, the big. Mm-hmm. and again, with, again, I was okay with covers. Country music... When it's used for good instead of evil, yeah. I think I, sure. I I I opened up my mind to you know accepting country in a way that sound. I love that slide guitar and and um, I don't know. I think I was anti-country, but then this kind of just made in me, principle, yeah. Mm. Like, oh, country's not that bad if yeah. these guys can do it. Sure, <laughs> if Kay can do it, yeah, yeah. And this is one of the ones that feels feels like a cover to me. Because yes, I, I no, think, I agree. Yeah. I think because okay. it's like he he tends to use really cryptic turns of phrase in a lot of things, and this one is just like. Every lyric is just really straightforward, and it's just like, yeah, okay. It feels like a cover, so then I was looking up, like, oh, no, he wrote it. It's, yeah. So we're sort of jumping all over the place, mm. but. Um, I find um, Open Book to be an interesting move from Friend is a Four Letter uh, Word. Yeah. Where it, it's, and it maybe it's the, the, their confidence as, as music musicians, where it, it just felt like a little bit haphazard in terms of their fading in and out of the various mm. instruments and, and the vocals but that was just I suppose from from mine having not listened to previous albums of Cake or mm. not listened to the album frequently or necessarily thought it was flawless <laughs> he was he's really committed to that idea of book as like a, a book as representing the person but also the relationship yeah and I think sometimes that's to the song's detriment a little bit like he, he so um, yeah so some of the like the little rhyming sets so for example And it's like that's cool. That all that all sort of you know that all weaves together into the idea of stories again. But it doesn't really make any sense about like you're ignoring your deadlines, but you've got to write them again. Like there's, like sure. you had, there's a little bit of extra work required in there. There were no lyrics in the booklet, as I recall. Right. So oh really? Okay. So it was uh, it was a weird thing trying to mull over this nonsense. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I love how he delivered. His delivery is amazing. Mm. I mean, I love I love the concept, and it's like. You think she's an open book, but you don't know which page to turn to. Like, like <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. very much like a guy thinking, "Oh yeah, I know how this lady works. I've got to figure it out." But it's like you've got no idea what this woman wants or what she's doing or anything about it. So, like, I really like that idea. But yeah, I felt it felt like he'd come up with the idea of the open book thing, and then he stretched the rest of the lyrics a little bit. Mm. <laughs> okay, um, Daria, I always associated with the MTV TV show. Yes. To the point that I thought it was made for the show when, yeah. I, was, when I was younger. Um, that one that one is the one for me that feels like it almost comes off the first album. Like it, you could slot that into the first album and it would just fit fit in there quite well. But yeah, like that's the same thing where he's um, like his rhyming couplets where he's like he's just clearly got an image in his head. Mm-hmm. So like the chorus line of um, over like smoothed over like milk, silk, a bedspread or a quilt. 
icing on a cake or a serene translucent lake. That's almost perfect. That's exactly how he would say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be soothed over like smoothed over like milk, silk, a bedspread or a quilt, icing. So it's just like he's got this image in his head and it, yeah, I really like that one, but it, yeah, it stretches a little. Um, you guys probably won't know, I was going to ask George this, but there's a really funky bass line in that one that almost sounds like a scale. Mm-hmm. So it goes down do, 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 and then up a bit. And like it's, it feels like it's like four notes down and then four notes up, right. so it might be a scale. And I was hoping to ask George if she knew what it was, but. I uh, could never hear bass in songs. I didn't like. I was like, "What is everyone listening to when they talk about? Oh, the great bass!" Yeah. But I think it's in "I Will Survive." There's a lot of bass playing in in this whole nugget. this whole album. That, the bass. Like, oh, is, that's what the bass is. Yeah, the whole this whole album. The bass is often in the mix higher than the guitar. Yeah. Like they're like because that's driving a lot of the melody rather than the, like the guitar. A lot of times is just until the solo bits. Mm-hmm. The guitar is not driving the melody. It's the bass line, and so the distance. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up, churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They Opens with mm. like his vocals and then the bass line. And yeah, most songs, the, so normally, giant oversimplification here, but a lot of songs, it's the guitar comes in first and then the drums and um, bass to set the rhythm behind it. But in a lot of the cake songs, it's the his voice or whatever, and then the bass line will come in before the rest of the guitar. Hmm. Guitar, um, Greg Brown. That was this was his last album, but with them was wasn't it? it? Uh, I don't. I know. believe that he did the first two and then left after that. Right. And I, I always kind of noticed it because I think the third album they were searching. There's a lot of different guitar players on that on the third one. Mm. So it's the last album where that he plays on, and I, I kind of miss. I do miss his sound. It's kind yeah. of cool. Mm. Um, so, and then we've got a couple of car themed songs as well. So we've got yes, the race, yeah. we've got race car yayas, which is sort of it's in a really it's between Daria and I will survive. It only goes for a minute twenty. It's only got like three lines of lyrics, and there's not even room for a solo or anything like that. Like it almost feels like just a bit of a palate cleanser before I will survive. But it's got the the line. Where large fuzzy dice still hang proudly like testicles, like testicles. from rearview mirrors. Rearview mirrors. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Written down here as well, bud. Mm. So yeah, so like that, it feels like oh, I came up with a cool line like that. So I'm just gonna we're just, we've got the song, so we're just gonna sort of stick it in there. He's got a strange like at first early it's albums. I, interesting one. Yeah. I feel like he's not obsessed, but he he's positive about the car. Mm. And then later on, I think later albums, he's like there's a song called Satan is my motor in a later album. Like, yeah. I feel like mm. Mm, maybe he changed his mind on car, <laughs> but in this in this album, it's a lot of um, he's happy with. He's, I think well, he's still making fun of uh, the. The fuzzy dice, but yeah. then is, I need you um, so here with me. Yeah, so stick shifts and safety That's belts. The one. Yes. Where it's um, so super fast paced, it's like a bluegrass country song. Mm-hmm. It's a love song. Yeah, country. It's, oh, that yeah. Too. Another, like, there's, you got to sort of listen to it quite intently because if you, there's like some really cool little guitar, like little mini solos in there, but it's just, they're really quick and they're buried in the mix. So you sort of, yeah, it's really like less, really awesome musicianship just thrown in there. And then, of course, the, the whole love song about, the, I don't like seats, but you've got to be able. I like the bench seats, so people like can your, slide over. My bucket seats, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that one too, actually. So, any other songs that you want to talk about, Grant? No, I think that's that's mine. Hey, that uh, 
friends of four letter words sad songs and waltzes uh mm. and it's coming down a nugget were, were for mine the the takeaways that um that i really enjoyed yeah so yeah paul and i definitely really loved nugget um back in the day we actually got together with some friends of ours and we would shoot little mini movies of course of just like make up little stories on the spot and just shoot it as a movie. And then yeah. we called ourselves Nugget Productions. Nice. So we love this song so much. And then we'd have um, like the opening for the song for the movies would literally just be like a song playing in the background with some pieces of paper for the credits. <laughs> okay. So we did Cake. We did Rock and Roll Lifestyle for one. Yep. And we definitely did Nugget for one and, a, yeah, a few other ones. So, yeah. I think I Will Survive was one, one where they used on the very first – Total Death Kill Massacre. I can't total, remember what it's called. Total Kill Death Toll Massacre 3. <laughs> Possible conclusion. Possible conclusion. I think that's how I will survive. Opening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we... And then, um, yeah. So, we obviously had quite an affinity to the album. So, we named the whole thing after it, mm-hmm. which was... I always... Uh, I think back sometimes on that and I'm really glad we're not doing that now because <laughs> if we were doing it now, we'd stick them up on YouTube and we'd probably have enough people watching it for us to be convinced that like Super. we knew we were we knew we were terrible and we weren't funny and we like it was just ah this is so funny that's no, not funny it's just we don't we didn't. <laughs> yeah but, just the close circle of friends was like yeah. that was the limit yes. of its reach but I think right now if we were doing them there'd be enough people on YouTube to convince us that we were genuinely good at, at it and <laughs> we'd, we'd have kept this. going yeah so yeah Paul any other thoughts on the album that you wanted to share um I think separating it from 20 years ago of, of just, I mean, I listened to it every day. I drove my sister mad and yeah. um, <laughs> it's hard to not like live and breathe it, I suppose. I will say trying to listen to it again for the show, it's reached a point where it's it's like I can't even, um, I, well, I couldn't separate myself, but it was almost like just putting it on a, and um, I don't know. I, I No matter what I do today, <laughs> it's always going to be, a part of me like yeah there's some albums where I think I can get sick of it I've never gotten sick of this one so um, how many times do you reckon you've listened to it oh four five times <laughs> maybe a year <laughs> oh, a no, no. a week no. a week um I will say it's 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 um gotten less in my later life sure but yeah I was it's 22 years old huh yeah I, I don't know. Once a day was used to be four periods. Once a yeah. day, well, like I would write to work every day and listen sure. to it, and end to end. But oh, that yeah. was that was in the first five year period. There, sure. I I calmed oh, down right. after that. Yeah, up in Rocky. Yes. Yeah. The beef capital of Australia. Yes. Yeah. And cake saved my life in a way up there. You are. <laughs> there we go. Cake saves your life in Rocky. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. So we'll go around the room. Uh, Paul, did you want to let us know any? Fi- or is that your final thoughts to stare about whether fi- it was I can't, flawless like, or not? It's flawless. Uh, I don't care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair you, because um, at some stage, my favorite sorry, my favorite band is something for Kate, and yes. at some stage, I'm going to have to bring in a something for Kate album for George and Grant to listen to. But I can't bring myself to do it yet because it's flawless, and it doesn't matter what anybody says, and it's perfect. Yeah. And I like I can't have that conversation about what's good or bad about it. It's just beyond. So I, yeah, I can't be critical. I can say race car yayas is kind of there's nothing there, but I love where it's placed, at yeah. leading us into. I like structurally where it is, but yeah, I, I can't be critical of everything. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> no, that's that's all right. That's why you nominated it. Correct. Grant, final thoughts and a yes or a no for us. Final thoughts and a yes or a no. No pressure. Oh, yeah. All the way, Liam. You always have this control. It feels like oh, I want to. Next time I will get the opportunity to say, Liam, what are your thoughts first, and we can do it. 
Um, look, I there, there are elements to it that are that are really really liked per, from a personal level, which I mentioned the, the, the songs that are, were, were, were were awesome. I thought that that um, I actually went back from the, the open book perspective from mm -hmm. to to listen to the the friend is a four letter word into open book. How does that all sit with me? And it sat much better for you, Paul, <laughs> for you as I point my finger for yes. those that are listening. Uh, I enjoyed racing coyotes. I thought that was great. Um, and you know, I, I will survive his uh, his sarcasm or that dripping dryness mm. is something which is an interesting term, dripping dryness. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think it's a pity that Gloria Gaynor doesn't like it yeah. because I think she's missing out. Yes. On um, on a lot there. Because I imagine most of the covers then are in the same vein as hers. Like it's a joyful and uplifting song. So it'd be nice if you liked covers. Yeah. A good cover can change the meaning of a song if it's delivered differently. And yeah. Like it's always interesting. To and see it is very different. Do. Yeah. To that end, it, it's it's not what you typically. The typical cover is you know really an imitation mm. of of a great original. Sometimes so, I, if I was doing karaoke night and that song was available, of course it's Gloria Gaynor music, but I would try to sing the Kang version. Good for you. It, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I think one time I tried to do that with um, Take On Me with Real Big Fish. <laughs> so it was the AHA version that was in the karaoke machine. I tried to sing the Real Big Fish. Didn't work. Yeah. But you tried. I mean, it's, it was too far. It was it's too not far. for them. It's, it's too for you. Fast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, I quite enjoyed uh, Stick Shifts and Safety Belts uh, with that country western, that snare drum piece. And um, and going through it, the only thing I saw, oh, you, know, you guys, he, although they opened um, with the Italian leather sofa, I had a question mark about the solo. In oh. there, and that's because of, of like, oh well, you know, um, is this is this for me? Uh, however, today, maybe I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I'm happy to give it two thumbs up <laughs> and say for yes. mine, flawless. There you go, fist pump. <laughs> it doesn't come happen often. No, I, I'm happy to say this is actually a, a flawless album. Mm. So for mine, well done to Cake, well done to Paul. Thank you. It was your album though, wasn't it? So, they so it. it was kind of on. I didn't actually put it it's on my everyone's album. As soon as I started talking to Paul, it's the people's album. I was like, I didn't want someone else to pick a cake album because I knew some stage we'd get Paul up and we'd be able to talk about cake. Okay. Album, so yeah. well, I give it. Thank you for that. I enjoyed it. Um, I, it was. I needed to deliberate, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough to say yes. This is flawless. Cool. Okay. And then for my money. Um, like we talked about it, something that I, it was a real formative album for me coming up the same time as Paul. And then it kind of dropped off my rotation. I probably hadn't listened to it in five years or so. And then going back and listening to it and then trying to deconstruct it. Yeah. I was amazed at all the little pieces that were in there, like the cool bass lines and pulling apart like the trumpet line. That's what's up and that's like, it almost made me think that if I had paid enough attention to it back when I first heard it, I could have explored more and started listening to different kinds of music that also had sort of similar signs of sound. So going back to our usual definition of like love all the tracks nothing's skippable on there it's really meaningful for me formative I love like the big songs so Frank Sinatra I love it's one of my favourite songs Italian Leather Sofa definitely and the Iowa's 5 cover is really great so for me yeah definitely a thumbs up for Flawless oh <laughs> yes wow that doesn't happen often no it doesn't happen <laughs> yes. often so we do have three thumbs up uh, that's it well I didn't ask George what her thoughts were <laughs> end, so she might have rained on the party but she might have we'll, we will never know sure so we want to thank everyone. Well done, well done Paul. Well thank done, for, Paul. Thank you for bringing the album. Oh. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Flawless is recorded at the Edge Studios at the State Library of Queensland, which is a fantastic free space, so check them out if you can. 
we have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and an Instagram, so you can join us on all three of those to help us keep the conversation going. And of course, you can always give us a rating on whatever music podcast service you listen or on those places as well. But uh, other than that, we will see you next time. Silk dress and healthy breasts that bounce on his Italian leather.